with alpacas, overconfidence can be as unhelpful as a lack of confidence. Let's see if we can find the right balance. This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. It's so good to see you again. How do you feel when you enter a field, or even more so a catch pen, full of alpacas? It can be a bit intimidating, right? Sometimes it's easy, but sometimes we are more anxious. So what is going on here, and how do we tip the balance to having more of the good experiences? In this episode, I want to help you move forward in being a confident and fulfilled owner of happy and healthy alpacas. And I've got three specific suggestions of what you can do. We always try to do the right thing, don't we? But sometimes we don't know what that is. Other times we plain get it wrong. But we can do better at this more of the time if we do two things. Take the long view and keep trying. Let's look at the main issue of confidence. Too much and you can get into trouble. Not enough and you may not get started or find yourself in trouble anyway. <laughs> oh, so it's, a, it's an important area then, isn't it? If it's going to be that significant. So if in doubt, don't. If you're feeling anxious, the alpacas are likely to pick up on it. Be clear, stop before you need to, and remember, there's always tomorrow. Confidence is in the mind and is based on knowledge and previous experience. Small steps can add together over time. We can take intentional steps to build our confidence around alpacas and in the process, build their confidence in you. Here are three things you can do. Firstly, know who is the boss. Okay, the right answer is it's supposed to be you. <laughs> but the challenge is the alpacas don't always know that. Oh dear. So when you're looking at your group of alpacas, you'll find that there's one who tends to be the boss, the one that tends to be the leader, the one others look to. And this is always good to know, to identify which one is the boss. Now, this might change in different situations. For example, Millie, the matriarch, she's the one who leads them down the path to the other field. And she's done this right from the time she arrived. And she is that kind of leader. They follow her lead. She doesn't enforce it. But when you've got a larger group of them, there is a drift that happens. <laughs> You're never quite sure how it starts, who's following who, but there's a distinct, they're being together and they're following somebody. So work out who is the boss. Males, quite different the way they <laughs> have the top male, usually in a group. They'll have one that, that tends to take the lead in terms of it's my food first, please. No, no, I insist. <laughs> so you get a male like Howell who is the top male. He's very focused on the females. He's very focused on maintaining his position 
and therefore he will boss the food. He will go to the food first and keep the others away. Uh, Jack, well, that's funny. He He's kind of obsessed with his bit of food anyway, the trough in front of him. He doesn't tend to boss everybody else away from the food, but he will insist that you don't share a trough with him. He's very picky about who he'll actually share his food with or share a trough with. And uh, he chunters away and he's, he's so, so like his mum. So the male group, Howell is definitely the boss. There are others that are significant. There is a hierarchy. They take on different positions within the group. And if there's a group smaller, then that shifts completely. So if you have to split them for any reason, know that it's going to shift the balance of power of who's the boss. Females, yeah, they again, the older ones tend to be the ones who can dominate mainly by their presence, by a bit of subtle communication, which will tend to make the younger ones move away from the food trough or out of their way, etc. But they're not the boss. It's just certain circumstances for certain things. The overall group leader, normally you're going to get one that, that takes the lead. So if you can get them to cooperate and do what you're wanting the, the group to do, then that's helpful. If they decide they're not going to and they're going to go off in a different direction, then the danger is you're going to split the group and it's no fun trying to manage alpacas that are used to being in one group if they're split into two or even three. So slow and steady, bring them back together, start again, work out who is the alpaca you need to have in the centre of your focus and your attention to make sure that they bring everybody else with them. So who's the boss? Okay, well, as I said at the beginning, you are. What I'm talking about initially is working out what the dynamic is within the group of alpacas. Beyond that, then you are the boss. You have to decide where you're going to move them to, how you're going to move them, and you have to do the preparation of opening and closing gates as appropriate. This is a challenge to get right every time, and you just got to work at it. <laughs> it's a bit... Uh, the number of times I've thought I've done the right thing and thought I'd get the got the gates closed and I'd left it open and all that kind of stuff. And you end up chasing them and scooping them around and bringing them back to start again. So do your preparation there. But you're the one that's in control. You need to have a plan, need to have a purpose, need to know what you're trying to do. Make that job easier by having everything in place, particularly gates or hurdles or whatever it is you're trying to do. So preparation and enough people. If you've got to do it by yourself, you have to, but Ideally, you do it with other people to help as well to make your life simpler and for the alpacas, make things easier and less stressful. So the first thing is know who is the boss and that will help give increased confidence. Second thing I wanted to say is stay safe. The important thing is to know that these animals are large and strong that they are not dangerous in the sense that they're likely to attack you, but they can be a danger in as much as they are large and strong. And inadvertently, you can get yourself knocked over, you can find yourself kicked, you can be spat at and all the other things. Now, most of those things you have some control over. And most of the times when those happens, then it's it's your fault. I'm not blaming you. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. When I first went to the breeder we got our animals from, first five pregnant females, I went down and spent a couple of days working with them, doing husbandry type things, doing some practicing injections and 
working out how to move them and all that kind of stuff. I did a lot of learning. And there was one in alpaca in particular. I had done um, an injection and I had it just happens sometimes you catch something and it, it leaks slightly. You get a little bit of blood. And so I, I bent down in front of the alpaca to apologise, to say sorry. <laughs> what was I thinking? And I got spat at because nose to nose, close up, is considered a threat. So I got spat at by this <laughs> this alpaca. And uh, it did make the, the breeder uh, the, and his team laugh because uh, it's one of those things that happens. You have to learn the hard way, unfortunately. Uh, so learn from me. Don't go nose to nose with an alpaca, particularly some of them. Millie, you don't want to be looking at her, let alone get nose to nose with her. And she's very fine most of the time. But if you go too close and she feels a bit threatening, she will spit. Uh, that's her protection. She's not feeling safe. She's going to spit. So you need to be careful what you do for your safety. But then you also need to be someone who is safe to be around, that the alpacas consider to be safe, that it's okay when you are near them, that they don't panic. And if you are able to, you need to spend time with them. I keep talking about that because it's important. And you also need to be able to bring them down into a smaller space. So catch pens, my, my two essentials, a catch pen and a halter helper. I can't help call it a halter helper. It's now called a handling helper, but that's available from Camelot Dynamics. And it's a short strap, but it easily attaches, but is then available. You can step back and you can step in and take hold of it. And it gives you that extra control of the animal. So those two things, a smaller space, bring them down into a catch pen, six foot square or eight foot square pen created by four hurdles. They need to be tall enough, so not sheep hurdles, taller hurdles, specifically for alpacas. Essential and a multi-purpose. You can do it for, use it for all kinds of things. So that's definitely worth developing. Now, within that, you can create a safe space because they're contained. They can't go anywhere. Well, they can. They can move a little bit, but they can't go very far. So when you step into that catch pen with them, then there's a bit of opportunity to move, but you reach the point where you can stand in the middle or off centre, but the position that you stand in can get them to stand and become stable and fixed in their position. And it's it's because they're feeling secure that they've got somewhere they can move into if they have to, and they're watching you very closely as to what you next do. So those things about making a safe space, safe for you and a place where they feel safe or that you are safe, is so important in building your confidence so that there's a limited there's still potential. I was going to say there's a limited range of things that can go wrong. It does bring down the opportunity for things to go wrong, but there's still plenty of things uh, you learn the hard way, but safely. And the the third thing I want to say about building confidence, small repetitions really work. Small repetitions, small steps that you build on, things that are going to make uh, the animals aware of your intent. First time you do something, it's a bit of nervous time for all of us, <laughs> both you and the alpacas, because you're trying to do something you haven't done before and they're wondering what on earth you're doing. So once they understand what the process is, when they understand what it is that you're expecting of them, usually they will cooperate and they're absolutely fine. 
but don't make life difficult for yourself by making life difficult for them. Know who's the boss, stay safe, and be a safe person. And small intentional repetition really works in building your confidence, but also the confidence of the animals. So what are the kind of things that you might want to do? Okay, we've got the catch pen, we've got the animals in, or some of them. You don't want too many, probably, but you need some in there. So you might want to be checking toenails. Alpacas are strong herd animals. They want to be together. And you've now separated some off and got them in a catch pen. So there's a, the stress level's just gone up a bit. And then beyond that, you're then going to take hold of them and you're going to use the handling helper, this little strap that goes around the neck, just keeps them secure. You've got something to get hold of that isn't grabbing them. You've got something that can start to control them without having to fully restrain them. You're not trying to, to dominate, but you mean being someone who's safe and you're doing a little bit of control. So the handling helper is going to make a big difference for that. And then we want to check the toenail. So we need to do what? We need to get close enough and we're going to have to lift a foot to do this. Now, they're not going to like this initially. It feels a very threatening thing to do. I want you to do two things. Think, what is the alpaca thinking? And also think, what is the alpaca feeling? What you're doing is going to do things. It's going to affect what they're thinking and how they're feeling. And if they feel threatened, they're going to behave in particular ways. If they're feeling unsure about what it is you're doing, they're going to be quizzical. They're, getting, they're ready to panic and try and break free or to run away. So think alpaca. Think what they're thinking. Think what they're feeling. Try and make sense of that. So grabbing a leg is the thing that a predator does. When they're, they're attacked, they're usually going to, going to go for the leg. And this restricts. They feel threatened by that. They're going to feel restricted. So you need to approach this slowly and building step by step, get them used to the sensation of being touched. Touch high up on the on the leg. Watch out for a kick, but high up on the leg. See what happens as you put your hand and run it down the leg from, from up near the shoulder area, say the front leg. You're going to stand alongside the animal and you're going to face towards the tail. So this is the safest place to be in terms of a kick because it's not not going to come towards you, towards your body or towards your face. They're not going to kick with the front legs anyway, but this is, you know, you've got the strap, you're just holding them lightly with that, just controlling the movement, just giving a little check if need be. And that's another thing that you need to, to learn and to practice, get them used to what you mean by the, the little movements with the, with the strap. And that's, we'll talk about that another time, perhaps. The movement down the leg, they're going to feel, oh, what's going on? So you need to do that. And then it's a bit of desensitizing, really. So you're moving down the leg and eventually you can go down the leg to the foot and then come back up and then that's it. And it may be for today, that's all you do. It may be that in a few days time, you do it again and you work down and you hold and you lift a foot and then you put it down again. And if they want the foot back because they want to stand on it, they feel insecure because they've only got three legs on the ground. That does make you feel a bit un unbalanced. You try standing on one leg. It makes you feel a bit unbalanced. So let them have it back if they need it back. Give, give that sense of being safe so that you hold it and you pick it up. And this is all stuff that's very difficult to describe in detail. 
audibly in a podcast. It's far easier to do it using a video clip. And I can think about doing that. Uh, it won't be for this episode, but I, I will try and get that organized and something on the on the website for you. But it's there's a process that's just a desensitizing, getting them familiar, lifting the foot, having a look. And then if you need to trim the tongue, this is something you can do by yourself. They get used to it and they'll stand for you. Uh, some will try and sit down to get out of things and some will try and move away. So having somebody else in the mix is helpful, but it adds an extra complication because it feels a little bit more stressful. You've got somebody else in that catch pen as well, thinking alpaca. What are they thinking? They're ganging up on you. There's two of them. And what are they feeling? They're feeling insecure. They're feeling, I don't know what's coming next. I need to get away from here. So just bring the temperature down, slow things down, make it something that's a win and a small, simple step that confirms that you're safe to be around, that being in a catch pen with you is okay. And then build on that the next time, add a bit more, work down the leg a bit further, lift the foot, work down the leg next time, work down the leg a bit further, hold the foot up and put it down again. Next time, work down the leg, lift the foot and then examine the toes. And you'll get to the point where they are much more relaxed allowing you to do that because they don't feel so threatened. But you've got to win that confidence from them and you've got to gain your confidence by doing this. And you don't want to be getting in a fight with an animal and then the next time you go, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this, they pick up on that. They'll pick up on your anxiety. So small little examples here of what you can do to build your confidence by repetition by taking the small wins, by building bit by bit, intentional small steps. So one of the problems is overconfidence. So don't go marching in there and just grab and do all the rest. You, you're going to pay for that later on. Um, you're going to have problems immediately, probably, but you're also going to not build for the future. So be patient, take the long-term view and keep trying. If you're not sure, then ask somebody who is. Get somebody to show you. But find a breeder, find someone who has done this before, who can help you. And it's easier to see somebody standing in front of you, doing it for you and saying, okay, this is how you do it. Now you do it. And that's always the way I work with people. Here it is. I will demonstrate. This is how you do it. This is what I'm doing and why. This is how you do it. Now you do it. Okay. Hand in a different place. Just do that slightly differently. And you get a bit of coaching in the process to have a go. And once you've done that, a few times, you're going to feel much more confident. So back to our original point, having confidence to be able to step into a situation and engage with your alpacas takes time and it takes repetition. It takes those things of knowing who the boss is. It's you. You're supposed to be in charge. Don't be dictated to by your animals, but also understand them and read them and pick up what's happening. Work out who the boss of the group is and make sure that they're relatively at least on side with you stay safe that's two things one don't put yourself in a dangerous situation if you're not sure don't do it if you're not sure today but you were last time think about whether you need to say no not today and then stay safe as far as the alpacas are concerned so that they consider you to be someone safe and then small repetitions work small repetitions will build your confidence so work on those things hope that's helpful and that it 
is something you can put into practice. Uh, if you've got any questions or suggestions, send me a message. So it's steve at alpacatribe.com. You can also find us on the Alpaca Tribe group page on Facebook. Follow the link in the show notes and hope to see you there. So, after all this doing things with your alpacas, remember to spend some time with them. It's nice, it's enjoyable, and it's satisfying. But it's also really helpful because it's making them think that you're safe to build their confidence in you, as well as build your confidence in you and your ability. So take care. See you again soon. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day. 